0: Welcome to episode 67 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes the object so interesting to astronomers. So let's run the random number generator. (laughs) The coordinates for this episode are 19 hours, 53 minutes, 46.5 seconds right ascension, and plus 18 degrees, 46 minutes, 45 seconds declination. These coordinates point to Messier 71, also known as M71. This is the third Messier object to be selected by chance for this podcast. At this rate, I should cover all of the objects in the Messier catalog sometime around episode 2434. For people who don't know about the history of the Messier catalog, It consists of a set of star clusters, nebulae, and galaxies compiled by the 18th century astronomer Charles Messier. Messier was interested in looking for comets, which look like faint fuzzy things that move slowly across the sky relative to the stars behind them. But he was annoyed by fuzzy things that did not seem to move and were therefore not comets. He therefore started a catalog of these fake comets that are now known to be very beautiful amateur astronomy targets and or objects that are much more important scientifically than any comet that Messier ever found. Some of these things were objects that Messier discovered himself, while others were things they found out about in communications with other astronomers. Messier 71 is one of these objects that was found by someone else. It might have been discovered in 1746 by the Swiss astronomer Jean-Philippe Lloyd de Chizeau, although his notes seem a little vague, so it's not quite clear if he actually found M71 or something else. M71 was found again in 1775 by the German astronomer Johann Gottfried Kohler, and then in 1780 by Pierre Mechon, who was another French comet hunter and an associate of Charles Messier. In any case, M71 is a globular cluster that contains roughly 53,000 stars, or to be more accurate, it has mass 53,000 times the mass of the Sun. It's located at a distance of about 13,050 light-years or 4,000 parsecs from Earth. Globular clusters are spheres of thousands of very old stars, and these clusters typically orbit the Milky Way outside the disk of the galaxy in the galaxy's halo. However, M71 is a little abnormal in that it orbits the Milky Way within the plane of the galaxy, and it actually looks like it's more closely associated with either the bulge or the disk of our galaxy instead of the halo. The stars in M71 also look a little less densely packed than in a typical globular cluster. At one point, it was debatable as to whether it was actually an open cluster which is a smaller type of star cluster, typically found in the plane of the Milky Way, with stars that are younger and less tightly bound gravitationally than the stars in a typical globular cluster. One of the slightly unusual things about M71 is that its stars contain more elements heavier than hydrogen or helium than the average globular cluster. The reasons for this are a little unclear to me. One reason could be because M71 is relatively young for a globular cluster. The key thing to keep in mind is that when the universe was initially formed, the only atoms in existence were mostly hydrogen and helium, mixed in with an occasional extremely rare lithium or beryllium atom. Heavier elements would have only formed in the stars that were created after the Big Bang, with those elements being ejected into space when the stars die. Over time, the heavier elements accumulate in the gas that the stars form out of, so the younger stars will be expected to contain more heavier elements than older stars. Most globular clusters are over 10 billion years old, and some would have formed less than 1 billion years after the Big Bang. In contrast, some of the measurements of the age of M71 place it at around 8 billion years old. Even though this still sounds extremely old by most people's standards, this age would mean that M71 contains more heavy elements because it formed at a time after the first few generations of stars had been able to produce lots of those heavy elements, whereas most other globular clusters formed at a time when the universe was younger and contained much more pristine hydrogen and helium gas. However, one relatively recent scientific analysis determined that the age of M71 could be around 12 billion years old, which would mean that it is the same age as most other globular clusters. So, this age argument may not necessarily explain why M71 has more heavy elements. If that is the case, my best guess is that the reason why M71 contains more heavy elements than the average globular cluster. It has to do with the fact that M71 is not associated with our galaxy's halo. Many other globular clusters look like they formed outside our galaxy, possibly in some place like a small dwarf galaxy, and then fell into our galaxy's halo. Dwarf galaxies generally contain few heavy elements. Possibly in part because they contain fewer stars to produce these heavy elements to begin with, and in part because when the more massive stars die and form supernovae that eject the elements that they have formed into space, the gravity from the dwarf galaxies is too weak to stop the heavy elements from escaping the dwarf galaxies altogether. The stars in any clusters that formed in these dwarf galaxies would contain relatively few heavy elements as a result. However, because M71 looks like it's associated with either the disk or the bulge of our galaxy, and not the halo, it most likely formed within our galaxy. Even only one or two billion years after the Big Bang, which would have been the earliest the M71 would have formed, our galaxy would have contained a relatively large number of stars and therefore would have had a lot of stars that could produce heavy elements. Also, the Milky Way would have had the gravity needed to keep those heavy elements within our galaxy rather than letting them get blown out into intergalactic space. This means the M71 would have formed out of gas containing many more heavy elements than the gas the other globular clusters formed out of, thus leading to the differences that we see today between M71 and other globular clusters. However, This is not what I personally found to be the most interesting thing about M71. Instead, what I think is most interesting is the fact that M71 seems to have lost about 90% of its stars, as indicated by a lot of different observations and analyses. First of all, as I mentioned before, M71 does not look very dense as a globular cluster, which kind of indicates that something's been happening to it. Also, M71 is kind of on the small side for a globular cluster. Additionally, M71 contains an awful lot of X-ray-emitting objects for its size. These X-ray sources include pulsars, cataclysmic variable stars, which are binary star systems with a normal star and a white dwarf that is stripping gas away from the normal star, and chromospherically active binary star systems, where the stars are so close to each other that their magnetic fields interact and produce huge stellar flares. As a side note, if you want to learn more about these types of X-ray-emitting star systems, I recommend listening to episodes 46 and 63 of my podcast. Anyway, the high number of X-ray sources implies the M71 used to contain many, many more stars than it does now. The reason why M71 currently contains so few stars is because, as I mentioned before, it is currently orbiting the center of our galaxy through the disk of our galaxy. The stars are not going to stick together for very long while this is happening. The visual that came to my mind was a small spherical flock of birds trying to fly through a much, much larger flock of birds. The individual birds from the smaller flock probably aren't going to be able to stick together for very long and they will probably end up joining up with a much larger flock. This is kind of what's happening to M71. As it plows through the disk of our galaxy, gravitational interactions between the cluster and the stars from our galaxy's disk, as well as the gravitational shocks from the spiral arms in our galaxy, are going to slowly strip stars out of M71 until virtually nothing remains of it. This, however, will probably take billions of years, so you still have time to spot M71 in the sky beforehand. If you want to try to find it yourself, the cluster is located in the constellation Sagittarius, or the Arrow, which has nothing to do with the constellation Sagittarius, or the Archer. Sagittarius looks like a line with a V shape at one end, and M71 lies in the middle of this line of stars, halfway between the third and fourth brightest stars in the constellation. Gamma, and Delta Sigidi. It's easily visible in even a pair of binoculars or a small telescope. In a larger amateur telescope, like one with a 30-centimeter or 12-inch diameter mirror, it should be possible to see hundreds of individual stars. It's even a good target for amateur astrophotography. I really recommend checking it out. So that is why both amateur and professional astronomers are so excited by M71. And the location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of M71 in the sky is located about 120 kilometers north-northeast of Barbuda in the Atlantic Ocean. Although my first thought is that this is not too far from any of the Caribbean's prime tourist destinations, I also imagine that this is a place that is prone to hurricanes. Maybe it would have been more interesting if this location on the Earth's surface had corresponded to the position of a spiral galaxy in the sky instead of the location of a globular cluster. The website for this podcast is www.randomastronomicalobject.com You can visit the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, look up additional reference information, and send me random feedback. You can also find this podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de and the sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening.